Hey everybody, and welcome to the Bromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm the host, Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Jade City, the first book in the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. So, let's wear the magic of books. Oh, I wanted to say first off, this was a good book. I didn't connect with it as much as I was hopefully hoping to connect to it, or as much as I expected to connect to it, but I still think it was good. Uh, to give you a little bit of a summary, Jade City is about two clans in a mafia-style family situation controlling an island, the island of Kekon, where they have magical jade that enhances you and gives you special abilities. And they are kind of the mafia family, and they live there, and they control the jade, and they make sure that everybody plays against the rules while... You know, still fighting each other and trying to get a leg up on each other. Now, the two clans are the No Peak and the Mountain Clan. And we follow the No Peak Clan and its main family. We have uh, Lan, Shay, Hilo, and a couple other people that we will talk about later. Now, I, I really liked a couple parts of the book. Um, the other parts that took me down I'll talk about later. But the first, I really liked the magic system. I thought it was very cool the things that were done with it. I thought there were a couple things that could have been done better or differently, but on the whole I liked it. I liked the style of the families that they had their own unique names and you could see where their names could have come from. Uh you know, as in like the weatherman is the strategist of the family or the pillar is the head of the family. Instead of, you know, being like the godfather, you know, she Changed it to match the situation in the city, the island. And it was very cool. The world building felt really nice. You know, it's very contained on an island. So you get a lot of good feeling about that. You know, you get a lot of understanding about what's going on. So um, the two clans, of course, start fighting. And they go into war with each other. And then the book kind of ends near the end of their little fight. All right, and that's going to cover everything in the no-spoiler section. So from here on out, we're going to be talking about spoilers, and we're going to get into it. So let's start with the magic system. I liked that the jade um, it gave you different abilities. I was kind of, when I first heard about it, that you wore jade and it gave you abilities, I kind of was envisioning each piece of jade would give you a different ability. So if you had a certain piece of jade carved a certain way or shaped or something, maybe it would give you a unique ability. That's not how it is. You just get access to these six abilities. And then depending on your skill and your ability, you can use them as effectively or not. And just kind of who you are, of course. So the six abilities that you can gain are channeling, lightness, strength, steel, deflection, and perception. So channeling, this is kind of a more vague one, just they use it to heal or to kill. You kind of channel energy into another person and whether you can choose to heal or to kill, stop their heart or keep it beating. Lightness is is basically speed slash you actually get lighter. I was a little confused about that part and that's one of the things that I didn't like as much is just Lightness is so vague. Like, is it just speed they can move faster, or is it that they are lighter because they use it to climb things? So that implies that they're getting lighter, but it could just be sp speed, you know? 
Strength, uh, that one is obvious. It's about strength and how strong you are. Steal, or to steal yourself. So that one makes more sense. You know, it's like turning your skin to steel so nothing can cut it. And deflection, it deflects things. You know, and you push it out kind of like in a force field. That was kind of an interesting one. Not used as much, or as I thought there might have been some more creative ways to use it than to just block bullets, but eh, whatever. And perception. And this one um, was kind of interesting. It's just the ability to perceive other people or other jade specifically. And you can kind of feel like their intent. So if somebody's really happy, you feel their happiness intent or murderous intent. You can feel it. But you can also cloak your own intent if you're strong-willed enough or if you have more jade, you can kind of cover it. And then with every piece of jade you wear you get more like regular perception and ability, which was kind of nice. So everything you get up to a certain point kind of increases it. And then you can hit your limit of how much jade you can wear. And this was a good limit to the magic system. I thought that you can't just keep piling on jade and more jade and more jade because eventually you'll get to a spot where you have, you know, too much jade for your own body to handle and you get what they call the itches, which as bad as it sounds, you start to itch yourself uncontrollably and you'll scar slash cut your own, your skin off and hurt yourself because you're too, you're too inundated by the uh, jade. Now, I like that the jade was kind of similar to a drug use where you go through jade highs, you can go through jade withdrawals. They kind of fit with the whole mafia clan uh, aesthetic that, not that all mafia people are on drugs all the time, but that that they would have free access to it and they would use it and they would wear it. And so I, I liked that part. Um, there's a couple of things. There's the shine. There's a drug that's been kind of created that lets you use the magic more effectively because anybody can use the jade. But if you're undisciplined or you don't go through the training, then the jade kills you and hurts you faster than other people would. And so the shine kind of bypasses that and lets you you get them through it. And then there's some other people called the abuke or stone eyes. And they're different. Like stone eyes are just regular people who can't, who can touch jade and they don't get any benefit from it at all. Uh, and same with the abuke, but the abuke are kind of like a group of people, like an indigenous people who live there and lived there forever. And then everybody else came and kind of took over. So the stone eyes are just regular people with no ability the Abuke are kind of like their own race or group of people who can't. So, yeah, like I said, I like the magic system. I really like the system that they had. They had Pillar. The Pillar is the head of the family. That's Lan. And he is in charge. He makes all the big decisions. And then he has a horn and a weatherman. And the horn uh, is their fighting man. He's the go-to for that. He's the one in charge of all the fights, in charge of holding territory, and then you have the weatherman who's in charge of predicting and strategizing and knowing information. And then as well, you have lantern men. And the lantern men are people who, they're just like business owners and they bring, like they pay your tribute and they kind of work and live in the society and they support the clan. Now, now on to the other parts of the book, the... Main characters that we have, I felt like we had too many main characters. We have Hilo, the horn. We have Lan, the pillar. 
We have Shay, who is their sister, but she left the island and went kind of into the wide world and then came back and doesn't want to be associated with the clan in the beginning of the book. We have a kid named Beru from the very beginning, and we have the weatherman, Doru, and then eventually Shay will step into that. Now, the shifting of point of view, I felt, was just, it felt a little jarring. I never really connected with any of the characters. Sometimes I felt a little bit more connected to Shay or to Hilo, but Lan, I never really felt connected to him. So it is what it is. Now, Beru, he is our first point of view in the whole book, and he's just a kid working with another kid to try and steal some jade off of an old jade warrior. Uh, Greenbone is what the people who wear jade are called. So they're going to steal some of it. He does steal some, but he's immediately caught by Hilo and his fists. And I really thought that either they were going to kill Berdu right there or that maybe they were going to bring Berdu into the family and he would be, you know, he'd be the lens of which we kind of learn things from. And that's not what happens. They just capture him. They let him go because Lan feels very generous, which is like, yeah, but I mean, the mafia, maybe they're not feeling so generous all the time. But then Barrow kept coming in in a chapter here and a chapter there. Very sparse and few between, and I didn't like that. He felt kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go do whatever I need to do, and I'm going to go steal, and I'll be the best thief, and I'll go try and kill someone, and I'll kill them, and mess up everybody's plans, but at the same time, not mess them up. So I didn't I didn't like his character. I wish that he had been different, either brought in completely or just... Here's an introduction, see it from this point of view, and then we're done, back to the family. So, I liked the Hilo. Hilo, to me, was a good character most of the time. He, kind of in the beginning, felt pretty stereotypical. He's the horn, he just loves to fight, he's the best fighter, he's going to kick butt and do whatever he needs to do to survive. But then, as we meet, you know, Mike Wen, his girlfriend... And he has to take over the the leadership position as the pillar because Land dies. You know, we see a bit more progression to him. And it's very slow, but it is there. And so I, I feel like that's why I liked Hilo more. I really liked his girlfriend, uh, Wen, because she, you know, in the beginning, she's just very simple. She's not there. But then when she talks to Shay, we get some depth to her and some passion and some excitement and I really thought that was going to be cool that that Shay was sending Wen into the Mountain Clan to be a spy. But she isn't actually a spy. She just walks some jade into the Mountain Clan territory to give to the Espenians so they can give the Nopi Clan some money. And that's all handled off screen, basically. You see her go up to the Espenians, say, I have a message. They talk a little bit. And she shows them the jade, and then it cuts. And I was like, oh, that was so disappointing. I really wanted some more action there with Mike Wen or some excitement. Oh, maybe they'll catch her. Maybe they won't catch her. Maybe the Mountain Clan will figure this out. Maybe they won't. And ah, just so much. Uh, let's go to Lan for a second. When Lan hurt himself in the fight, you know, I knew that was kind of the start of the end for him. I did not think that he would be killed off so quickly. Nor did I think that he would go 
to the S1, the, the SN1, the Shine, because they always talk about how it's like a shame to use it. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's definitely a shame to like, oh, I got to have it. And, you know, I thought maybe because like this book, I never felt like it was a mafia-y kind of thing. They always just went out and fought each other, like straight up go punch each other and kill each other, right? No, no tricks, no turns, no nothing. It was just very straightforward. The Mountain Clan, they were tricky. I like them. I really thought maybe I should be voting for the Mountain Clan the whole time. Like, maybe they're not the baddies. Maybe we're the baddies at the No Peak Clan. But, you know, Land, when he uh, dies, he is addicted to the shine. And I thought maybe, oh, maybe they poisoned his shine. And that, you know, they knew he was getting it secretly because it's the Mafia. They poisoned it. And they just had to wait and get him to keep using it. You know, push push him so he has to go out and use his jade. And no, he just was, you know, regular drug poisoning and died and drowned. And I was like, oh, that was, you know, that could have been so much cooler. But it wasn't, and that's fine. And, okay, we'll talk about, near the end, the war. They've had, they've tried to go through the route of peaceful negotiation. That didn't work. They know the mountain is stealing jade, you know, mining it secretly. And funneling it away to send off to become kind of the cultural, the only place, the only controller of Jade on the island. And the horns, well, the horn of the mountain peak, Gaunt Ash, challenges Hilo and says, if you surrender, you know, I'll fight you and we'll kill you and then you'll be fine. And so they agree. And he kind of knew Hilo was going to agree because he doesn't want to see his people just keep getting slaughtered and destroyed. And they're moving you know they're losing territory every day so he goes and he takes andon now sidetrack here andon we've been following a little bit more often than berdu but not much as he goes through his last year of school and he's kind of an adopted son in the in the family the call family now he is apparently really good with jade he's the top of his class he wants to live and serve he wants to make the calls proud he you know, he does some things that are in the book that made sense. I never felt like his character was a little out of whack until the very end. But, let's, so, Hilo, let's go back to Hilo. He takes Andon to to be his witness as he goes to fight Gondash. And so, Hilo goes, he proclaims his challenge, and he surrenders there. Uh, he fights and kills a couple of their fists or fingers. And then he's like, hey, Gondash, you know, you have to fight me. You're going to have to fight me yourself if you want me to go down. So, of course, Gontash comes into the fight, and he is just laying waste to Hilo. As the two horns, they should be, you know, you'd think equally matched for the most part, but it is clearly one-sided that Gaunt is just destroying him. Even though we've seen plenty of examples where Hilo is very skilled and very amazing and has a ton of jade that he... You know, it hasn't even reached his limit yet. He still can't compare to Gaunt Ash. And so, yeah, that felt a little off. But they're in the middle of fighting. They Hilo is down. He's basically out for the count almost. And he's like, all right, Andon, now. And Andon runs over and grabs all of his jade and yanks it off of him because he's taped it apparently to his forearm so that it doesn't hinder his movements. And I'm, I just, this fight, this part took me out a little bit like, how could you tape it down so well that it's not going to hinder your movements, but also be easy enough for Andon to reach his hand in your sleeve and pull it out? And then, so Andon gets it, 
and then he channels into Gaunt Ash, and because Andon's skill is channeling, which we've seen, so that part made sense, but he just channels it into Gaunt Ash and kills him because he's on such a jade high from wearing so much jade, you know, so much more powerful, and a couple other of the fists, and then the rest of them flee, and I was like, you you totally, like, cheated. You, you cheated in an honorable fight that you were, like, in. And now I get that, like, you know, honor is for people who live and they care. But I'm like, uh, that's just, it just turned me off. Turned me, rubbed me the wrong way. Like, oh, I'm just going to cheat. And I'm not even going to cheat well. I'm just going to have him channel and kill you. And then they fight it back and they kind of win. And that's the end of the book. And so, you know, parts turned me away. Parts didn't. I liked the magic system. I really liked the world. It felt pretty unique. I liked Wen. I liked Hilo. I liked Shy. And then I could do without Lan. I could do without their grandfather who hated them all because they weren't his son. I could do without. Doru was kind of a unique and interesting character, but not that much. The things I just didn't like, the pacing was very off. It feels like it's supposed to happen within like a two to three week period. But you're really over years. And one thing they have at their graduating class, they have the College of Bioenergetic Medicine. And it's like, that's a very sciencey name for like the only thing you ever use sciencey names for. Like everything else is strength, steel, deflection, you know, like just very basic names versus, but you go to healing and you're like, okay, it's the College of Bioenergetic Medicine. And it's like, why don't you just call it the channeling college or the college of channeling sorry a little bit of rant that's fine it was a decent book i enjoyed reading it so if you like mafia stories with a eastern japanese kind of feel to it you'll probably like jade city thanks everybody for listening and thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music if you have any questions or comments you agree disagree you know send me an email at libromancypod at gmail.com Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to wear the magic of books.